Welcome to Strategic Insights, brought to you by PrideStaff. On each episode, we bring you interviews with leading management and employment experts from across the country. Your host for Strategic Insights is Brad Smith. And now, here's Brad. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Strategic Insights from Pride Staff. I'm your host, Brad Smith. Today, we have a great episode that I'm sure hits home with so many of our listeners. With a shortage of talent, companies always looking to drive productivity and produce more, current employees are often left feeling burned out. They're feeling stressed. So joining me today to discuss the topic of employee burnout is Gary Bronze owner and strategic partner of the Greenville, South Carolina Pride Staff Office. Gary, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to talk about ways to avoid and manage employee burnout. But before we jump in by outlining those ways, I want to talk about why this is so crucially important for our business success. And I want to share some stats. A survey from Indeed found that 52% of workers report feeling burned out. So more than half of the entire workforce is feeling strained, is feeling overburdened, is feeling stressed. Deloitte did a study and they found that 77% of workers had experienced burnout at some point in their current job. And they went on to find that the top driver of burnout was a lack of support and recognition from leadership. So there's a lot we can do as leaders to help our teams. And then Forbes went on to report that burned out workers are 63% more likely to take a sick day and 2.6 times more likely to be hunting for a job. So stress, burnout, overwork, overwhelm is leading to a lot of problems in the workforce, and it's leading to a lot of problems for leaders. We have to replace those people that are out on sick days. Hopefully, We can catch them before they leave, before they jump ship, because we know how hard it is to find great talent. So, Gary, when you look at companies that are struggling, do these findings about burnout align with what you see in the market? Yeah, they sure do. Uh, You know, it's kind of funny. We all think about the production worker, the, the front line person. And what I see a lot of times that's missed is the management. A lot of supervisors and managers uh, they're being burnt out too. You know, they're the salaried employee who who has to work long hours when headcount shortages occur. Uh, they're expected to be there. They're expected to do whatever's needed. Uh, that affects them um, a lot. And I think sometimes that's that's just not seen. And as senior managers, uh, it's our responsibility to look for things like that. Um, you know, also, I think at the production worker level, you know, they come in, they do their job, but if they see their management, their leadership faltering and turnovers occurring, it it makes them very uncomfortable and it creates stress that doesn't have to be there. You know, it it just impacts it in so many different ways. And, you know, a lot of times when when you're having this kind of issue, there's a lot of turnover, there's a lot of knowledge leaving companies. And uh, some of those are your key leaders, your supervisors. And, you know, when they leave, that knowledge leaves, that's immeasurable. You know, and, and I think that typically when when you're having burnout, you see it and you know it's there. You may not want to address it. Maybe you don't know how to address it, which is obviously what we're trying to talk about today. Uh, but when you have it, it impacts every part of your business from the person who's answering your phones to the person cleaning your offices. It's, it's from top to bottom and, and it needs to be addressed. So, Gary, why do you think it is so prevalent uh, prevalent and why do you think it does penetrate every area of the organization today? 
Well, I do think, again, the the fact that there's such a talent shortage and has been for a couple of years, um, people tend to leave if they're not happy with where they're at, which creates stress, which then creates people leaving, which creates stress. So it's kind of a circular motion. And I think just the the lack of longevity uh, with employees uh, creates stress. If you can create a team that that can gel together, can grow together, they just get stronger and stronger and they fight back anything that comes at them. You know, and I think that um, it's kind of strange, but with the polarizing political environment and the unforgiving social media um, environments that we live in, I think people just have a lower morale about themselves. They just don't like the way things are going around them. And it creates an issue where people just aren't civil to each other anymore. And, and that is hard to build a team if there's uh, people not being very civil. So that's something, again, as senior managers, we need to address. Yeah, I think it certainly is. And I love your point of looking at every level of the organization. So the frontline workers, management team, senior leadership. What are some of the common signs and symptoms of burnout that we as managers, we as uh, mid-level leaders and even senior leaders should be looking out for? I think the biggest one is just um, change in attitude. Uh, we all have that employee that's always been the cheerleader, the rah, rah, rah. They always, you know, were in the fight with you when maybe others weren't. And then all of a sudden you start seeing a change and, and they start to get quiet. They don't seem to get so um, charged up for some of the activities that you're going through. And then they get to the point where they kind of go on for being quiet, almost being negative or challenging things. And, and if that, if your best employees doing that, then, you know, the mid level and the, the lower level are following suit or they may even be driving it. So, you know, I think that that's just something to be looking for. Um, it's usually a very slow change. Um, you know, it might take place over a year. It might take place over six months. Uh, it you know, don't only happen over a weekend. Um, you know, one of the things that I've seen in, in some of my business partners that I work with is someone will come in and, and they're, they look like they're going to be a good fit. And honestly, they're just a cancer. They, they start driving a wedge between management and the employees. It's sometimes you don't see it. You don't even know it's there. That's what's creating that underground change in, in, in mentality. Um, you know, I think when you start hearing people challenging things that used to be every day, let's just say it's, uh, hey, I need you to take your lunch from 1130 to 1230. And then all of a sudden one day out of the blue, they go, why? I don't understand why I should take it from 1130 to 1230. I want to take it from 1230 to 130. You know, you, you kind of start having to ask yourself, why all of a sudden this change? Why this challenge? You know, and I think some managers like to address things in a group environment. You know, they want to have a big group meeting and go over it. But if you have somebody that's doing this, take them aside, have some, take some one-on-one -on -one time with them, really dig, try to figure out what it is that's bothering them. They may not ever own up to it, but you know, you may learn some things, especially if you talk to a couple of people. So uh, those are some things that I would be looking for. Yeah, I think those are some great points. And I want to reiterate that oftentimes we see this slow buildup, but you need to be aware, you need to be cognizant, you need to be looking at these signs so that you don't wait too long uh, before uh, stepping in is, uh, it can be irreversible. So I, I love that You've outlined some things that we should really be taking into consideration, and we can't wait. We need to have some open communication. 
So that's I, think that's, I think that's a good segue to our next question. What else can companies do to really create a supportive work environment, uh, one that em- promotes employee well-being and, and helps prevent burnout? Okay. You know, again, uh, there's been so much change in the way that that uh, companies run their businesses and the management thereof. And I think the old school manager approach to, you know, do it my way or the highway left a long time ago. And and I'm I'm glad to see that. Uh, I think with new managers, younger managers that are coming in and and finding their own way, uh, they do need to understand that communication is really, in my opinion, the biggest key of all. You can you can manage effectively, you can have good teams, but if you're not talking and and explaining what's going on and why you're making changes, because this is a, a day and time when change is ongoing all the time. Just get good at explaining change, why you're doing it, what the expected you know outcome is. And then be prepared that if that doesn't happen, that you need to get back with your teams and explain to them, you know, what you're going to do to change direction. Maybe a major contract fell through that you just told them you thought you got. Uh, or maybe uh, you're going to add a new uh, line of a product and, and then you found the cost are too high and you, you're just not going to be able to do it. Just not doing it leaves them wondering. Go back to them, explain to them why you're changing direction after you just told them what you were planning on doing. Get them to understand things are always changing, but you're always going to let them know why and what you're going to do about it. Um, you know, in, in our business, we, we have a standard quarterly meeting no matter what. I mean, we talk every day, but every quarter we we specifically sit down as a team and go over what our objectives were for the past quarter, how we did against them, what our goals are for next quarter and how they change based on what happened last quarter. So the point is, is we're just always keeping our employees in the loop about what's changing instead of it catching them off guard. I think when when employees get caught off guard, uh, they get very nervous. Again, stress goes up and the door is very close and they go out it, and they, they just don't want to come back because they just feel too unsure about things. Um, you know, I think that, you know, things won't always go as planned. Uh, sometimes business takes dips. Uh, you have to show leadership at that point and get people to understand that it's OK. Uh, we've been through these before. We're going to come out of them. And here's what we're going to do. Uh, People want leadership uh, when they're employees. Uh, They don't like lip service. They don't like, you know, people that just do what they want to do and and, and leave them in the lurch as far as what's going on. And then the worst case scenario, if you know that you're going to have to cut back on your staff, you know, come up with a strategic plan. Maybe you let some attrition take place. Maybe you do slowly get rid of some of the people that aren't the best employees. Uh, But if you just don't say anything and then you come in on Friday and you let go 15% of your staff or 20% of your staff, you're going to lose another 20% because they're all going to go home that weekend and think about it and and decide they don't even want to come back because they know they're next. Where a little communication would have maybe kept that from ever happening. So communication to me is key. It solves a lot of issues and and it keeps you from getting too, too, uh, too off cycle. Gary, a few things really stood out to me in in that answer. One is obviously communication. We need to be clear, but we also need to explain the why. So if we just assume that our staff, our employees understand the why, 
that's a big assumption. We need to make sure that they clearly understand why we're instituting, why we're making change, why we're making recommendations. And then the other thing that really stood out to me is keeping employees in the loop and making sure that they're not caught off guard. Sometimes those conversations can be challenging, but to your point, if you don't have those challenging conversations up front, you're going to have to have even more challenging conversations when employees are walking out the door. So great, great tips there. Um, we hear all about work-life balance and how important work-life balance can be in preventing burnout. What are some things that you've seen companies do to support their employees and make sure that they do have um, some semblance of work-life balance? Okay. Um, you know, obviously every company has their own needs, their own um, schedules, their own uh, approach to the way they do things. But sometimes it doesn't match that well with uh, your employee base. Uh, and I'll give you a couple of examples. Some companies, they just need to work 12 hour shifts. And one of our jobs is to communicate with our associates before they go to work for those companies that that's what's the expectation. But sometimes um, things that are that are happening um, don't make a lot of sense. And I'll just get another example would be a, a company that works two two weeks on day shift. Then they switch to two weeks on night shift and then two weeks on day shift and then two weeks on night shift. That is very difficult for your workforce. And there are some people that just like working nights. Well, leave them on nights. Why make them go to days when you got others that want to work days and not work nights? And so we try to work with our clients to understand, you know, find a core group that wants to be on nights and leave them there. Take the people with longevity, put them on the A shift, and then you take the people in the middle and you say, unfortunately, you're going to be working part on days, part on nights. And that's just until you can find a home on one of those two, two uh, shifts, that's what's going to happen. Um, the people who who want to work 12 hours, you know. If you can find somebody who loves that, then you'll have an employee forever. If you have somebody who only wants to work eight hours and you can find a way to have part of your shifts go, you know, like uh, 12 hour days, 12 hour nights, but then you have part of the group work three eights, you know, eight in the morning, eight in the afternoon, eight in the night. Try to find what your employees are really looking for. Try to match it if you can. And you'll you'll find that you'll get a better longevity workforce again, which will solve you know a lot of problems. Another thing that we find is that you know some companies are very uh, fair when it comes to issues with attendance or, or punctuality. You know they look at the circumstance and they just say, well, let, let's understand why you weren't on time today. And if if the person has what seems to be a pretty good reason. We all get jaded. We've heard these reasons over and over and over. What do you mean? Another flat tire, another battery went dead. Just have them bring in a receipt. You know, if your battery went dead, I assume you bought a new battery, bring me a copy or bring me a record bill where somebody came out and jumped you off. That removes the doubt of whether it really happened or not. And then you can, and the people who they're faking it, they can't bring it in. Then you follow your normal process. So, uh, you know, I find that, that companies that, that, aren't too jaded. They accept the fact that life happens and people get caught up in things and they look at them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. They can keep people longer. The people who are very stringent and they don't really want to hear the reasons. Okay. That's their process. They'll just not have turnover regularly. Yeah. So a little flexibility I know can go a long way. Uh, another thing that I know can go a long way is providing employees with the opportunity to develop. 
um, the opportunity for advanced training. And that can help with employee morale, that can help reduce burnout and help reduce turnover. Um, how important do you think training and professional development is? Well, I think it's very important. And I think any employee you ask would say the same thing. Um, there, obviously, there's a cost to it. There's a building it into your model, trying to find time. Maybe it's non-productive hours, perhaps, if they're doing some training. But, you know, what's the best employee you can have is somebody that that has grown with you over the years, has learned new new tasks, new uh, job functions. They can help new people coming in because they've done a lot of different things. That new person coming in can see the older person who's actually moved up the ladder. So they see some, per, per, you know, something that they can move forward to. Um, now, however, you got some companies that really don't see that. Maybe they're small. They've only got a couple employees and it's really not realistic that somebody is going to be able to move forward. Be honest with the people that they're, you know, and they'll see it. So if you tell them they're going to be a supervisor in three years, they know they're not. But maybe find something inside your your company that they can run with. Give them a project. Maybe it's, hey, we want to start recycling the, the this cardboard that we're throwing out every day. I want to put you in charge. I want you to try to figure out a solution. I want you to call, you know, whatever you want to tell them to do. But give them something that makes them uh, break away from their day-to-day -day job. They know they're adding value to the company. And, and maybe five years down the road, they can say, you know, I've saved this company so much money through recycling that we used to not do, and they'll feel proud about it. So there's ways to give people an opportunity to, to break away from what they do every day. Uh, it takes a little effort, takes a little money, uh, but it can save good employees and make them long-term employees. Excellent. Gary, switching gears just a little bit, what role can a staffing agency like Pride Staff play in helping companies that are struggling with employee burnout, that are struggling with turnover or morale issues? You know, one other opportunity is to look at your flexible workforce. That's where staffing really comes into play. We can we can provide employees to you. Let's say right now, you know, you're, you're at the end of the year, you're going into the new year. Maybe you got some some new projects coming in and, and you don't have a full workforce for it. We can provide support through associates that might be able to do some of the lower hanging fruit. Maybe they're responsible for moving the pallets around, throwing the trash away, uh, building boxes, instead of your employees taking their valuable time and doing those jobs, leave your employees doing the more valuable work, running the machines, producing the parts, doing the inspection work, the things that are very important to your customers until you can get your employees up to, up to speed. These, these temporary associates that come in, in many cases, they're looking for a job and it's a perfect time for them to prove their attitude, their attendance, or you know their punctuality, uh, how they approach their job, and you'll find great employees that way. So I think looking for staffing to help you with a flexible workforce as you're growing, that's a great thing. And I really think in the next year we're going to see a lot of that because the economy, I believe, is coming back, and as it does, uh, people will get caught short with with not having enough workers. And, and Pride staff can be there to support you in that arena. Gary, so many great tips today. Can you leave us with any success stories? Have you seen any companies that you've worked with or any in the Pride staff system that have successfully implemented different things to reduce, reduce burnout, improve employee morale, and really uh, drive and help a company turn their culture around? 
Well, you know, I think we've talked about most of them throughout the the, the talk here. But uh, just to recap, I think finding employees for the right shift and trying to develop your shift around um, what your employee base needs. Uh, obviously, look at your pay and make sure you're being competitive in your market. You don't have to be the highest paid, but be competitive. Look at, you know, stepping up people over time. Give them, you know, give them raises as needed. If uh, if they stick around long enough, they should get more pay. Obviously, they're being more productive to you. Um, you know, look at the documentation versus termination. You know, if you can handle something like that, uh, depending on the size of the company, you know, you can generally fit that in. Um, and, then, you know, other than that, the communication, just just. Explain them what you're doing. Um, you know, it's a great time of year. It's the end of the year. You're rolling into the next year. Everybody's talking about New Year's resolutions. You know, as a company, we typically, I know I do, and I think most companies have New Year strategies. And, you know, it's a great time to tell your team, look, this is where we want to be at the end of this year. And you share with them that it's going to get better, stronger, better, um, you know, than they'll stick around. They'll, they'll, they'll join the ride with you, and, and hopefully they'll be a part of the solution. Great. I think that's a great way to sum it up, Gary. I really appreciate it. For those that are listening that need some help, that want to see what others in their market are doing to reduce burnover or reduce turnover, visit pridestaff.com, reach out to a local Pride Staff office, talk about what they're seeing in the market, uh, talk about different pay rates. We can run a free compensation uh, report for you to give you an idea of what base pay really should should look like and have that conversation with your local market. They can share some invaluable insight and then also help support you with a temporary team to reduce turnover, reduce burnout, and improve employee morale. Gary, thank you so much for your time today and the great insight you shared. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Brad. Have a happy new year. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Strategic Insights brought to you by Pride Staff. Whether you're looking for high-level workforce consulting or staffing help to meet demands, Pride Staff is here to help.